What could the PlayStation 5 launch with? And what do we want to see it launch with? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 77. Episode lucky 77? I think I said it backwards. I, eh, we're both kind of sick. I should um, name this one episode lucky 77. Episode lucky 77. Yeah, so forgive us for sniffling and uh, potentially sneezing and coughing. We both have a little bit of... Uh, potentially running away during the podcast to throw up. Hope not. Uh, that's on him. That's not on me. Yeah, that's so on me. I, as long as he doesn't get I haven't thrown up yet. I'm going to be a champ. So I don't know what's going on. Just had some nausea. But anyway, so we are PlayStation Podcast. You can only find us on YouTube and video format on Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. Uh, if you go to us there and you like what we're doing, consider subscribing to us. Hitting the little bell. Let you know when our uh, videos come every Monday at the minimum. And, of course, more when we do things like the Spider-Man impressions, which will be going up uh, this coming week. And, of course, our monthly reader mail episodes and other projects that we end up doing. I think we finally got our... Um, um, Battle Royale that me and Saul did for the the Vita uh, that we that we streamed up and edited, um, edited to make it more pleasurable for viewing experience on YouTube because we had a couple of technical difficulties here and there. There's still some robotic parts, but they're not that bad. Yeah, they are what they are. We are still getting better at streaming. But if you want to find the podcast on podcast services, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, all those places. Still working on Spotify. I don't think it's on there yet. If you listen to us on iTunes, consider giving us a review. Uh, it lets people find us a little bit easier, gets our numbers up there. And, of course, it lets us know what you do and don't like about the show so we can take that in and see what we want to do with that information. Uh, that looks weird. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you find us on there, you can also follow us or whatever on different podcast services. But without further ado... Oh, actually, I didn't mention our Twitter. If you want to talk to us a little bit more, of course, you can do it in the comments below on YouTube. Uh, but if you're listening to us on podcast and want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at trianglesquaredpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook group, which is minted thanks to Josh and Blake for getting that for us going. Uh, so you can find us over there. Join over there if you like a little more easier to control conversation. Or if you want to find us on Twitter and see all of our crazy responses and stuff and our cool custom cases, which I'm probably going to also start posting to Facebook to be a little more synonymous across things. Uh, you can find us at Triangle SQRD on Twitter. Of course, you can find us on Patreon to support us. One, three, five dollar tiers. The three and five dollar tiers gives you an entry to win one of our custom cases, uh, which we continuously add on to. Uh, and otherwise, this helps you support what we're doing. But Saul, what have you been playing this week? Because I'm curious of the answer, because I think by this time last week, did you already beat Spider-Man? Or were you just very close? Um... Good question. I don't recall, but I know you were very close at least by the weekends. You know, yeah. we didn't record till Sunday last weekend. Yeah, so I think I, I think I did beat it either Sunday or Monday of last weekend, and played through a little bit more of that. I think I, I I've told people in the Discord I think I was going to go for the platinum, but now I think I've changed my mind, just because I don't really want to wear myself out on it, and it's the kind of game that is easy to get, but it's a little too grindy, so it's also yeah. one of those things that's... It's yeah. very similar in the trophy realm. Uh, I don't know that you would know this, because I can't remember. Did you play Infamous Second Son? No. It's very I mean, similar yes, to yes. Second Son in the trophy realm when you're working towards the platinum. It's very grindy with stuff that's very repetitive and not even very fun. It's it's poor post-game stuff, because they have the missions lack any real oomph to them besides one quest line in particular. <laughs> Uh, that's not counting the collectible quest line. That's right. a little different. Um, 
but yeah, it definitely has a couple of problems that I don't see. I haven't seen too many people talk about. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not a great game. We'll get further into that when we do our impressions, which we'll be doing once this wraps. I think. Um, I think it should be coming up live right like at five p.m. Central. After yeah, we'll this, do right? so. It'll probably go after the podcast, so we have time to make sure we get everything together. But if you played anything else, uh, yeah, we uh, or not we, but yeah, I definitely downloaded the uh, Forza Forza Horizon Four demo uh, for PC. That's been great fun. I uh, and I jumped back into Destiny with Forsaken. I've been playing with a couple friends. That's also been really fun as well. Uh, probably going to play some more of that on my off days this week. We will see if I jump back in. I don't want to pay for it. Is my biggest problem. I think. Uh, did you have the season pass for two? Nope. Okay. So never did. That's you can. Why. So for those that don't, who may want to jump back in, you can pay sixty bucks and get the uh, the two DLCs. One of which is really bad. One of which is pretty decent. And then you get Forsaken, which has been has I've heard people call it Destiny Three. And with the stuff they added into it, you know, I, I'm not going to say that that's true, but it is a really good change. It is the Taken King for Destiny Two. Well, it, like one of the things you mentioned earlier about Destiny Two and why they consider Destiny Three, some of that's been added across even the previous updates, like the um, I can't remember what it was called, but what's the the gear that's above legendary or whatever? The masterwork, masterwork. Stuff. Yeah, stuff. that stuff's been slowly implementing its way in. So yeah, um, it's it's been working its way into the game. Yeah. So now it's the only one issue with that is that now into in order to infuse uh, legendary gear, you have to infuse using masterwork cores among um, another gun. You know, obviously that you're infusing with, and the masterwork cores are kind of hard to come by. So. So hold on, how does that work then? You take your epic or whatever. The, what was the what was the original highest? So it's tier? just the uh, it's exotic. It's exotic, the highest thank tier. You. Yeah, it's, no, but for masterwork is just basically an in between version of a legendary and exotic gun. Uh, masterwork you can do uh, you could actually level the gun up using legendary shards and other things, uh, and that's I'm actually not too clear on. But where your uh, shaders and stuff are for the gun, it has masterwork levels, and you can level those up okay. using glimmer and stuff. And how do you get the cores? The cores you have to get by either... It's a chance of dismantling legendary stuff, which we all have a ton of in our vaults. I haven't gotten to try to dismantle all my stuff yet. Or it is by... Uh, there's a vendor now that sells them. Uh, you get like one at 10 legendary shards, then it increases double. So it's 20, 40, 60, until it gets ridiculously high. But uh, then other than that, if you break down a masterwork weapon, you're guaranteed one, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, so it's just it's one of those things where if you don't have a masterworks weapon and you don't have a ton of legendary weapons, then it's going to take you a while to get them. But yeah, I've really been enjoying it so far. The story has been solid. I will say that the story is better than Destiny 2's mainline story, and Destiny 2's mainline story was really good for Destiny uh, in terms of storytelling. But yeah, uh, you have to you have to kind of compare it to what already. I mean, don't me wrong. It's a good you first person shooter. Com- yeah, you can yeah. obviously compare it outside of the outside of the series, but I will say. While the story wasn't still amazing, I think you were a little more impressed by the story in two uh, base game than I was, but it was still a very big step above. I was very one. impressed for what it was con- coming from Destiny because Bungie, known for Halo, I still say Halo had a really good story series, and um, Destiny One, you know, was not was not too great compared to what they had previously worked on. So Destiny Two upped the ante and made it better in the sequel, and then now with Forsaken. And all the stuff they've added to it in terms of locations and stuff like that, it's really, really solid. Sure. Um, but what about you, Brett? What have you been playing? Well, one thing that you forgot to mention uh, that we actually played together, uh, RJ uh, Loki, thank you, good sir, sent oh, yeah. a code over that I was originally going to just give away because I had no interest in the game. And I still solidly have no interest in the game. I would never buy it at full price. Uh, but it may be something that if it got down low enough, I would do. Would, you, would you pick uh, it up for 30 bucks by itself? 20 bucks? 20. 20, yeah. 
Yeah. But that's also because I can't see myself liking the rest of the multiplayer, but I'd have to play it before I know for sure. And, and this beta was only for the Black Ops. So this was Call of Duty 4, or Black Ops 4, the Blackout beta specifically. So as far as I know, you couldn't play anything but the new game mode, right? Right. It was just the Blackout beta. Yeah. Don't be wrong. Interesting. A little, you know, what was interesting is that Saul was always, in his mind, he was clamoring for a very triple A version of the experience, but... What's funny is you still see the same problems creep up to an extent. It's obviously done at a higher level than either PUBG or Fortnite because you are paying for it. Yeah, and it looks um, a lot better in terms of graphic fidelity. It, it does, but it still has the same problems of what you see in things like Fortnite where the maps are so big that, of course, what they're trying to do to keep it going forever for 100 people is like the blades of grass look very the Breath of the Wild. quality, yeah. They're, and they're, don't, that's not necessarily a hit against Breath of the Wild. It's just stating the fact of it doesn't, it doesn't look necessarily like a brand new just came out first person shooter game. No, but for what it's doing, it's doing But that's it only well. in this game mode too from what I can yeah, see. Yes, that so is it, now that is true. Which makes sense. It's having to trade off 88 people, yeah, in to this To make map. sure that potentially even going up to 100 eventually. But yeah, the, gu- the beta started at 80 and then rose to 88 right. after a few days. And the gunplay is what's good too. Yeah. It's it's way better than and it's it is different than Fortnite. I mean, uh, enough. Well, yeah, Fortnite, but PUBG obviously because the uh, the gunplay is is a lot more technical in PUBG, it still has t- technical stuff in Blackout. But yeah, it's 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 fun for sure with friends. It's it's something I could not play a lot by myself. I would just play the normal multiplayer mode by myself. We had fun together. Yeah, part of that came from not knowing how to play the game and just you know the fun of like, like running, running Sean over, over. Yeah, and then like running him over again to actually kill him after he was down by an accident. Yep, that was pretty funny. So stuff like that's a little different. But I again, I just can't see. I didn't like Black Ops 3's multiplayer, um, so it's it's just one of those things where I've never had the reverence for Call of Duty as a series anyway in that same sense to where I'd want to pay it. Um, I would pay $60 for what I would Sorry consider to be a great story, which is exactly what I did with Infinite Warfare, and I didn't feel let down by it, uh, but that was a controversial system uh, or game and the thing anyway. Uh, but past that, that's what we played together. I played a little bit of Tales of Berseria, and it's interesting because... It still feels so much like Tales of Zillia to me. And what I mean by that is that Tales of Zillia was already old by the time that we got it. And even though I love the game, it didn't feel as dated as it could have for PS3 generation. But now that we're next gen, the fact that it still feels very similar to what Tales of Zillia was doing graphically and scope-wise, it's a little jarring to play it because I'm not far enough in to care about the characters yet. But they're not gripping me necessarily super quickly. Yet either. Some, some JRPGs take a good while to warm up to. They do. And I mean, and it may have been a time and place thing with Zillia where it just caught me just right um, back during the PS3 because I literally started that game and couldn't play anything else. It's, exa- it's all I wanted to play. Uh, I don't know if some of it was that it was just so, at the time, it, it was just what I wanted with like a long, cra- weird JRPG. But there's things that you need to do that I just, I feel like, you know, when you're going across the enemies on the map, and I feel like this is something I remember from Zestiria, I didn't think the map changed. I thought that it was just right where you were now. I thought that, like, the area that you were in just got a barrier around it, but nothing loaded or changed. It was just like a faux barrier came up, and the area in the world that you were in was your surrounding area where you fought, which felt very different in terms of what Berseria is doing, which is every time, I guess it is the area you're in, but so far I've, I've not been to a big enough area to, for it to change like that. But it loads. It has like a, not like a load screen, but it has like a, a battle screen that comes up and it puts you in a little thing. It just doesn't feel Weird. necessarily next gen. And I get that the Tales of games are very budget titles that just have a, a loyal following. And I like a lot of them, but it feels weird playing that. And like the biggest thing is like, okay, 
Tales of Vesperia is about to come out on PlayStation, as we'll cover in the news, uh, on PS4. Uh, but the problem with that is that looking at Tales of Vesperia, it doesn't look any different or look like it even plays really any different. So I guess what I my, my problem is I just wish, and I'm going to keep playing it before I give it very, very serious judgment. But it's funny because, again, I was saying, the one thing I'll give Final Fantasy is that they were constantly trying to do something to try and change what they're doing with each entry where I feel like the, the Tales of series is just really relying on the fact that you're getting a new story but relatively the same gameplay. Right. And eventually you get a little tired of that, you know? And it's I got a good way through Zysteria before quitting because it just wasn't very great, but it wasn't awful either. Uh, Zillia 2 was just designed in such a way where it was fun like Zillia, but it had like a really weird design mechanic to or a game design aspect where story reason set it up to where you owed a debt and you couldn't move on without paying certain parts of the debt. So you had to like grind in an area to get enough money to pay this debt off so you can continue. And it just set up a weird, weird, it it was pacing issues. Every time that someone would get interesting, you'd be like, Oh, well you owe this much money, so you better get it to us. And it was annoying. Um, that is really so, no, no, weird. The Tales of series has just been back and forth on me lately, and I'm still going to play more of it and hope that it just grasps me and, and goes. But I, what it really made me realize is that I want it to get real next-gen treatment. That doesn't mean that it necessarily has to go crazy, but, I mean, if it would get better animations and a little less stiff walking and certain things to pull you into the characters a little more instead of just flat things. like Some of it's the charm of the series over a long period, but you still want to see a series eventually kind of change, which that change seemed to have occurred at the PlayStation 3 era and not past. So, man. But lastly, I have started Hyperlight Drifter, thanks to you letting me borrow it. How are you enjoying it? Very good. Very pretty. I like the art style, and the world's very weird. I like how it's really confusing in a weird way. It just doesn't tell you what to do. And there's no actual language because you no, don't yeah. know what it is. It's all like it, all the story is told through like a, a, kind of like slideshows. Yeah, like flashback things. It's very weird. And the thing I'm having the hardest problem on is remembering to throw my gun into combat because I guess it feels so much like a Zelda thing yeah, you, that you I'm forget. trying to go everything through like, we'll just swipe the blade. And there's a couple of times where you're going to want, you're going to have to do that. There's a couple of bosses that the gun actually really helps you out on. Yeah, well, the first or boss, I say a couple, the first yeah. boss definitely helped out on it. That's where I'm at. I finished after fighting the first boss. Well, which first boss? The first boss before you get to the central area, or a first boss from the central area? Like, there's a. It central... was a toad thing. That okay. Threw barrels at you. Okay, so I didn't get to play a lot. Okay, yeah. If I was you, I would advise going when you get to the main circle, go west. Okay, have I already been to the main circle? From what you're sounding, I don't think so. I I woke up in a city, you know. I went down. Okay, yeah. I forgot how the game started. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so you probably. I think you went. I think you went east, but I can't remember. I did. Okay, so yeah, you went east. Okay, go west next. Okay. Watch I'll, how fun it I is. I will do that. I had I good mean, luck. It, I had fun with what I did. So are you sending me into the hell? No, it's just it's just every every area is so fun. Uh, I like to hear everybody's experiences on uh, what area they Well, I'll keep you on. up with it. It's very fun so far. Thank you for letting me borrow it. I appreciate it. No try problem. Not to, uh, try not to borrow it for like eight months like you did with God of War Do 3. Do I still have God of War 3? No, I got it back from you whenever I borrowed this. Cause okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to keep going there. Well, now everybody can play it. It's free on PS Plus. Oh, that's everybody true. Play God of War 3 if you play God of War 2018. Give yourself some uh, insight into why Kratos is so angry the way he is. I'd say you have to play the whole series to really get that, but three does a decent job of it. You don't see the evolution of him into a monster, but right. anyway, enough God of war stuff. Uh, Saul, do you want to go ahead and hop into the drop? Sure thing. So for those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation's weekly releases. And, um, 
I will be announcing if they are physical. Other than that, just make sure you know that they are all digital. Uh, first up on the list, we have 8-Bit Armies for PS4. That's available physically and digitally. We have Anodyne for PS4. We have Blind for PSVR. We have the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle for PS4. I know a lot of hype is being generated from that. Is it a collection? Pretty much, yeah. It's a big old bundle of beat-em-up games. And uh, um, I can't think of his name. It's a it's a YouTuber who's really excited for this. I can't think of who it was now. Um, we have The Door for PSVR. We have Downward Spiral Horus Station for PSVR. Really cool name there. We have Fishing Sim World for PS4. That's available digitally and physically. We have The Gardens Between for PS4. We have Hover, Revolt of Gamers for PS4. We have Labyrinth of Reframe, Coven of Dusk for PS4. That's another game that you can get physically as well as digitally. We have Legendary Fishing for PS4, physically and digital. My Brother Rabbit for PS4. Neon Wall for PSVR. RGX Showdown for PS4. Scribblenauts Mega Pack for PS4. Uh, you can pick that up physically if you want to as well. Speed Brawl for PS4. Splody for PS4. Toon War for PS4. Transference for PSVR. Transference, but... Ference, Ference. I got you. I'll say either way. Either way. Did Trickster. Say it that way? That sounds weird. Go ahead. I'll say, I think you can pronounce it either way. Trickster VR, Dungeon Crawler for PSVR, of course. Unearthing Mars 2 for PSVR. And the final game up on the list this week, we have Warface for PS4. Show me your Warface, though. Grr. Grr. Pitiful. Grr. You would lose in a war. All right, let's go over to the news. Sure thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's see. First thing up, no surprise to anybody, Cliff Blazinski's Lawbreaker servers are officially closed. That's Bosky Productions, wah. which are no longer a studio at all anymore. Uh, so not surprising. Did you see that inter- uh, Did you see that article that came up a few, maybe even months back now, where the, the CEO of the company, I can't remember the company's name, that... Um, was the publisher was like it was the like biggest money sink of twenty eighteen oh, like twenty seventeen so. or whatever. I totally believe that. Or twenty eighteen. That game released this year and flop all the way down the I can't even remember. I, I think, think it was last year. I think it was late last year. Uh can't remember. Uh next thing up it's kinda interesting and so I'll think you had a complaint about this specifically with Warframe. So it's interesting. But uh Warframe update one point sixty two is live on PS4 and developers consider a remaster for the game. Uh it introduces the Revenant Warframe, a wealth of new equipment, new skins, the frame fighter mini game, which is crazy, where you duel friends and a side view inspired by classic fighting games. So what it says is your your orbiter that you're in becomes like a two D fighting thing and your you and your friend fight on it with your Warframe setup. This game is crazy, and it does whatever the fans really ask of it, which is one of those weird things where I don't know that any other game would have given you this. This definitely, definitely not something you would have seen from the likes of Destiny or other games in this style of like uh, you know MMO shooters or something, uh, you know, getting close Comparable. to what an MMO shooter would be. Still can't create a new character. It looks like. I don't know. That's really interesting. But uh, the last thing is that it also aims to bring the overall size of the game from 48 gigs to 25.5 gigs using better compression while not messing with any of the uh, visuals. So that's kind of interesting. By the Um, way, uh, for those that are interested, uh, Lawbreakers came out August 8th, 2017. Man, so yeah, it's been a full year and a couple in a month and hey, a couple got a days. little bit more than a year. Uh, they were trying to shut down, which I mean, it's not an online game. I mean, they were trying yeah. to shut down Gravity Rush Two servers less than a year. Barely. That's true, but it's not a game that thrives to survive online. That is a good point. Uh, next up, 
PS4's PS4's update 6.0 left beta and launched for all users alongside PSVR update 4.10. The updates do nothing of note, sadly, with a description calling for improvement in that always sweet, super succulent, ever-elusive system stability. By now, that must be the damn most stable system you've ever seen. Um... So it's it's weird. It's a disappointment because it's a departure from the usual milestone. So when you get to the 5.0, 3.0, 4.0, they've always done something big. Um, and this is the first time that we've not seen that. Uh, now, Saul mentioned that there were some tweets that were around saying that basically... There is something going on, but we don't. We, they can't tell us yet. And, and I don't know if that's a rumor. I don't know if that's it true. It may be. It sounds like the, what the tweets are implying is that the update basically sets the foundation for something that's going to come that doesn't have to be required to... You know what I'm saying? Like it's right, not, it's it, not going to require another update. It's just going to be something that happens. Like So, like, the store is a perfect example, right? The store in 6.0 beta 3 came, and it did the update, right? And then later, for everybody, we're, the, without store even, the store just updated. Well, some people also are speculating that it is something that is in there, and it is a, uh, it's like a secret thing, and that maybe at TGS or something similar soon, they'll say it's available now, and it's because of this update. Maybe. And, and really, what... TGS is the 25th or something like that, 26th? Something. Yeah. Uh, it's later this month, I know. Um, I wonder if this is name change. Possibly. Uh, and then this set the groundwork that needed to be made for, for name change, and that's why that, they, That's a good possibility. Something I'm not really excited for, but I know a lot of people are. Sure, and what's funny, and the reason I say that is, if I recall correctly, uh, Sean Layden said that it was something that they were trying to get handled before the end of the year. Yeah, and that was what... Um, PSX last year? I think. I can't remember when he said it, but I definitely know that they talked about it, and I want to say, if I'm not mistaken on the thing, he said that they thought they'd be able to have it nailed down before the end of the next year. Um, who knows? It would just... Even then, I guess in my mind, I don't understand, unless it's coding on the back, and that might be why there's no feature set. If it's coding on the back set of the system that tells the system how to look for what online name it's going to display, which I figure some of that, there was rumors years ago, about how what they were going to have to do because of the way the PSN was set up is that the way around it was basically going to be that you get to enter a nickname or whatever, which becomes your new ID, and then all the online games basically are coded in such a way where they don't look for your PlayStation Network name. Instead, they're coded to look for your nickname. That way they get around it because they can't change it on the PlayStation as a central, but basically if they link a nickname that you can change for you know whenever you want or at a cost, however and it ties back to this unchangeable PSN ID, then they don't have to go through and worry about moving around or trying to find a way to reattach your user ID to, like, sales and stuff like that. So, like, the licenses that you own. And what gets interesting about that is I would imagine that it's probably very similar to what Xbox did, but they just set it up from the get-go being that the the name that's displayed as a nickname while there's an ID there's probably a numerical I, ID. I don't know, but it's probably a numerical ID. Yeah, probably. And that's all so. they're tied to. And then the name is just a name. But that goes to show you how differences in the setups. So I guess what I was saying is that I don't necessarily know that there it would require a system update to do name change. I figured that would just be something that would happen on the PSN backend, but maybe not. Maybe there's something that yeah. it has to tell the system to change. I don't know. For sure, it's pure speculation. But when you think about what it is, you have to kind of just go, well, what could it be that we don't know about yet, right? Me and Saul being completely dumb. When we first got I mean, here, we were talking about we it. We tried. Yeah. He, he, we were like, well, it's nothing. He goes, well, nothing yet. So what do we do? I was like, what if it's PS3 backwards compatibility? And they just didn't say a word, waiting to see if people even cared. What if, don't worry, they would never do it from a business perspective. But wouldn't that be funny if, like, 
all the people hounding about backwards compatibility all the time and then they just sneak it in through an update and they just wait to see how long it takes anybody to even try it and they go apparently you didn't care enough because yeah they would be it uh, wouldn't be like they that. would no longer be a company after that not necessarily but oh, it would, no, it would be on. one of those things where they would never do it anyway because they'd be like well why would i even think to put a playstation 3 disc in my game to be fair i've never put a playstation 3 disc in my ps4 until today whenever we were like well what if 6.0 just stealthily did it it interestingly reads it as a ps3 disc as well yep so, so, which is not that surprising. I guess it would know that it picks up the codex that's used on the, on, and it's like, okay, well, no, that's, we can't do anything with that. Yeah. But, but we know what it is. Who knows? Uh, it, it, I'm more surprised that it didn't just say it can't read this Blu-ray. Yeah. But that's, I figured that's what it would say. I'm not, or even break up the Blu-ray media. As, yeah. I'm surprised that they would go that specific, but oh well. Uh, next thing up, Assassin's Creed 3 and Liberation. So that was a side game for 3 that was originally a Vita title. Uh, we'll be receiving the remaster treatment and coming to PS4 as standalone titles, but also are included in the season pass, similar to what we saw them do with Far Cry 3 uh, Classic Edition. Uh, but it appears this game will actually include some graphical upgrades as they are calling it Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Um, they, are not calling, uh, they are not calling Liberation Remastered. That's probably because Liberation already came to PS3, uh, already came to PS4. You know, it's very interesting that they it did. Maybe I maybe I'm reading this wrong because 2014 was Liberation. The Vita would have already been out. I mean, the sorry, the Vita obviously the, was out, but the, the PS4. PS4 would have already been out. Um, I don't think Liberation's on PS4, is it? I thought it was. Um, you know, what? I might have read this wrong. It may be available now. Oh, it's down there. PS4, PS Vita on YouTube. I just don't know how, you know. But that may be new. So I'm, I, that's why I'm curious. Oh, okay. No, it came out to PS3 on Liberation HD. It was oh, a PS3 okay. release. So it's just because. Be... Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the game originally came out in 2012 for Vita. Makes sense. And it re-released in January of 2014 for PS3, which makes sense. And 360. Uh, but that makes sense because that was months after, like that was two, three months after the PlayStation 4 had even released. Yeah. So that makes sense. So we, the PS4 will be getting it. But what I basically meant is it's already been given the HD treatment, so they're probably not going to worry about it anymore. Right. Uh, but who knows? That's understandable. They didn't go that far into depth with it, but we will see. Uh, next up, and this one's pretty interesting. Oh, actually, I'll finish that one off. It's uh, The games will be available March 2019 with no early access noted for season pass holders, which is different from what they did with Far Cry 3 where they got it about a month earlier. Um, they haven't confirmed or denied, but the fact that they didn't say it up front leads me to believe that it'll probably be available for everyone at the same time. Um, next up, crazily enough, Yugi Moto from the hit series Yu-Gi-Oh! joins the lineup for Bandai Namco's Jump Force. Not surprising as Yu-Gi-Oh! started as a uh, Shonen Jump series um i know uh, i know i know richard is excited for that oh absolutely the only thing that's really interesting about it is like i was telling saul you think about what they would do from a fighting mechanics for him and like you have to imagine that they're going to try and play in all the card stuff but there's i haven't seen enough about the game to know how wild they would be willing to get with it but it'd be really cool for them to somehow work the cards into the thing don't know how it's going to work i wonder if he's going to have his dual disc i didn't even pay attention i should have looked at the thing could you like like side swipe Fight with it yeah that'd be cool that'd be crazy but i also think it'd be cool to, for him to be able to like lay a card on the dual disc and then like summon skull comes out and like oh, i'm the sure enemy. i'm sure that's gonna be a thing that'd be dope it, it better be from just a fighting thing because you, you try and think about characters that aren't really fighters and be like well what are you gonna do to them like how are you yeah. gonna make them fighters it's almost like the same with light and Ryu, which makes sense because light's not gonna be playable he's just gonna be yeah, like a, he's gonna be kind of in the background yeah he's i think they said he's gonna be the antagonist uh which is interesting we'll see I'm going to um, be getting that for sure. 
Yep. Uh, let's see. Death Stranding will not feature at TGS. Uh, so last week we talked about how it was going to have a stage show, uh, but they will not show anything new. It's just going to be uh, a booth, and they were talking about the actors and stuff that are going to be there. Um, so they're announcing the Japanese actors for different things, uh, and of course they're going to have merchandise for the game at the booth, but they were, according to you know reports, there will not be anything new shown, which is more in line with what I expected. It's a ruse by Kojima. Probably. Everybody seems to think everything he does is a ruse. It is. So. It's the Ruse Cruise, and yep. there's a you got a ticket. You got to get a ticket for it. So I hope you saw this, but Metroidvania Time Spinner will be launching on PS4 I and did Vita this thank, month on th- September 25th. Thank you to uh, Richard, right? Oh, really? He's, I don't know. I he's the one it. that. Oh, you tw- that's right. You tweeted. Yeah, I tweeted it. it. It's amazing. It looks beautiful. It's gonna be twenty nine. Oh, it's gonna be nineteen ninety nine on September twenty fifth. Uh, so if you want to support the Vita and people supporting the Vita like I do, and it looks extremely fun, don't just buy a game because it's coming out on Vita. But if you like to support people for that, buy it on either. The game looks really fun. It's a pixel art style, much to uh, Kiki's chagrin, um, as he's apparently so tired of all these. Um, Pixel style games, but they're really cool. I they're love really pixel pretty. games. Yeah, that's, they that's, don't age in the no. same way as 3D stuff does. They don't. Poor that's... 3D models is far worse looking than pixel art. Now you could say pixel art is being overdone, and maybe you're seeing it too much. But I'd rather still see it, and they have a interesting look to it. Um, oh no, dude! Like uh, like Pokemon Emerald or Fire Red looks better than like Diamond and Pearl if you were to play them now. Well, Diamond and Pearl was still sprite based. Yeah, but they're like terrible. Like the anti-aliasing and stuff on those are terrible. I mean, I won't say anti-aliasing. It's not really anti-aliasing. I would imagine on a game that's sprite based, it just means that they tried going up more. I don't know though. I actually thought that black and white, as much as I didn't care for the games, were interesting. That they tried incorporating three D movement into sprite based things. It was really now, now that and the battle system was really cool. But yeah, like there's just things in the game, like the way the, uh, or maybe I'm thinking of Heart Gold Soul Silver. It's one of them that uh, like. There's just jaggies everywhere. Like when you would move, the the rest of the screen would move with it because the jaggies were moving with it. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, next up, looks like Kingdoms of Amalur Remaster isn't up to THQ Nordic uh, as EA still own the publishing rights to the original. So when they bought the rights to the series, they did not buy the rights uh, to the publishing, which I guess makes sense because EA would just kind of hold those. They would have to be in talks with EA instead of the studio. This is one of those situations where EA... Um, published a game but did not retain the rights to the series um so instead they just retained the rights to the one game so which is sad because that, that game looks cool exactly it's a really cool game and it has great gameplay but what we may see come from this instead is we could either see a reboot or a sequel that are still unbothered by the fact that we can't get the one from ea or we could see ea go okay well if you're gonna if you're gonna provide all of the studio and everything doing it we'll publish it we don't really have to do anything besides make money off of it in the back end who knows that's going to be a dependent thing on what specifically EA decide to do. I don't have a lot of faith in EA to do anything here, but it's not a big deal either way. Is your charger cord the same as mine, Saul? Uh, I don't think so. Because you can bump mine for a little bit. No, mine's smaller than that. Wait, I might, I might be wrong. Here, why don't you go ahead and... No, it, it is the same. All right, there you go. That way your laptop doesn't die. Uh, let's see. Next up, Insomniac have announced they are working on a new game plus mode for Spider-Man, showcasing a continued trend in Sony exclusives, which is not... It's kind of interesting because you saw a lot of post-game and different mode support added for Horizon. You saw it added for God of War. Now you're seeing it for Spider-Man. It seems like when the games fit it, they're going to try and either have it at launch or add it post so that they can get the game out. I would imagine that we probably see a new game plus added to Days Gone whenever it comes out. Uh, seems likely, and it seems like... Uh, 
back when in in like t- to 2014, I guess, uh, whenever um, Second Son released, Second Son was the first studio to put a photo mode in. And then what you've seen Sony do from there is that pretty much every exclusive has had some form of photo mode, besides Detroit, which was planned Hell, to have Hellblade it, didn't have one, but they did. didn't. Uh, but it wasn't an exclusive traditionally. So. Oh yeah, that's right. It was on yeah. PC. So or it was on Xbox too. Wasn't well, what it? I mean, exclusive it was it wasn't first party. It wasn't a gotcha. first party effort. So gotcha. first party studios. Thank you. That's really something to clarify. Um, but first party studios have have made it an point for pretty much to add that in as a. St- you know that if you're getting a first party exclusive from Sony, it's going to have a photo mode. Um, Detroit only didn't because they didn't see they weren't able to push it in and still keep the fidelity they wanted, according to David. Cage, who knows? That's we had to go off of his word. Um, so pre- still, pretty much, I well, see saw, this being something going forward. Also, you saw that the photo mode it was in the well. You didn't have the day one update for Spider Man, but it was like forty five gigs. So who knows what else was in there? But wow, that's a lot of space for photo mode. Yeah, and unless there was also more to it, like a that's what I'm saying. Who knows what's all forty five gigs for an update? Something like recompiling the whole game. I'm telling you, dude. Took me to like 11:30 that not to play it. I, yeah, I think I think it was me and somebody else in Discord were like, it took us an hour and a half to play the game. I forgot who else it was. Thankfully, it wasn't that bad for me. Uh, let's see. Assassin's Creed Odyssey size has already been revealed ahead of its October 5th release, which is really crazy to me because I feel like it should be. You know, you normally get the the game sizes about a week or so ahead of launch, uh, but it will be coming in at 45 gigs. So if you care, make some room for it. Uh, also. Sony and a couple of other people had pre-TGS announcements to happen this week. Uh, so with that, Square Enix have announced a swath of remasters and re-releases coming to PS4 and other consoles, uh, with a few titles being the first time on PlayStation. So the ones that are first time on PlayStation will be Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which is originally a GameCube exclusive that I loved. Um, it'll be coming to the system. And, of course, The Last Remnant, which was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive, though it was supposed to come to PS3 and just never happened. Uh, it's coming to PS4 as well. Uh, 20 bucks. It's going to be on Unreal Engine 4, which could be great or bad because some other games changing engines from Unreal 3 to 4 have had noticeable changes. Yeah, it's a fantastic game, too. Um, Both of those are fantastic games. Yeah, I never played Last Remnant, uh, but I know a game. lot of people who liked it. So, um, the, but the, Just the main character art. It didn't really cool. do very well because of it being a PC 360 game in a time when 360 was really not a big, you know, they were not big in Japan for sure, and JRPGs were kind of on an up and down here because JRPGs really fell throughout the 360 generation. Uh, definitely after the first few games that uh, Square Enix put on the Xbox 360 that flopped because they were trying to support it. Blue Dragon was another one of those. Yeah, Blue uh, Dragon was a bad series. And cool, I don't cool. actually know if that was Art. Square Enix. Was it? Was, was Blue uh, Dragon Square? Um, um, what is, uh, does um, Akira Toriyama have his own thing? Ah, uh, I mean, he has his own studio, but I think that that's still a, it comes down to, um, I don't know. It says that it was developed by Miss Walker and Artoon and published by Microsoft Game Studios. Okay. Aha. Which is weird because there's a Blue Dragon on DS. Yep. So that makes sense. It was probably the series is there and it just, just like Viva Pinata was on DS as well. It's weird that you see that uh, in so many different spots. Um, but there's that. Uh, that Blue see. Shadow game was not good. <laughs> the Final Fantasy 12 3 or DS game was pretty good though. Speaking of Final Fantasy and DS games. Yeah, and they also did a it, it wasn't called 12-2, was it? Or was it? No, 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 no. It was a uh, Final Fantasy 12 um I know it had another you know, whatever what do they call it? Surname or whatever. Yeah. Um anyway, next up Sega announced Project Judge working title for the West just so you know, so it's actually called like Judge Eyes or something for the Japanese release. Revenant Wings. Revenant Wings. Thank you. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, it's a working title for the West, and they announced that during PlayStation's pre-TGS show, as well as 
the makers it's, it's coming from the makers of the Yakuza series and will be exclusive to PS4. It releases in December in Japan with a 2019 release plan for the West. Uh, so Hakuto is excited about that. He's already changed his Discord photo to be the main protagonist from Project Judge, or at least as far as I can tell. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, as we were speaking about, receives a collector's editions announcement alongside its January 2019 release date. Um, Daracene, or I'm assuming that's how you say it, the PSVR title from From Software that some people are saying is a Bloodborne tie-in somehow. Who knows? It's a bunch of conspiracy theories. Uh, it received a November 6th release date across the board um, for everybody. Fun fact, Bloodborne came out on November 6th. Did it really? No. I was saying, I was like, I thought it was out, a March game. I was pretty sure it came out like March 4th. Yeah, I think you're right. Somewhere in March. I know that much. Anyway, uh, Left Alive, the mech game that is part of the Front Mission series, received its Japanese release date of February 28th, while no Western release date has been given yet. That's not that crazy, but... Um, March 24th. Close. March 24th. You're trying to create your own little thread over here? <laughs> little did you know... Like Daracene was Silent Hills all along. <laughs> the game the game is still alive somewhere. Still alive somewhere? Why would it be from software and PlayStation? <laughs> Because it was really from software was created from the beginning by Hideo Kojima himself, part of the Ruse Cruise, and um, <laughs> turns out Miyazaki's just <laughs> Miyazaki is is Hideo Kojima in a mask in a mask, <laughs> and that's why everybody loves Bloodborne. It's like you didn't realize it was so crazy because I am Kojima. Man, we need to make what, like a, can we make like a Reddit thread or some like 4chan back something you know reset era thread where we try and tie a bunch of threads together. It'd be even better if you made it where it's all fake information, but you just see if people are even going to try and look it up. I can't remember. He, there's like a funny thing like where it's a moniker, where it's like Hideo, Hideo Kojima really is, and it's it's still Hideo Kojima. But, um, is it like an anagram of it? No, kind of, sort of. It's like... Um, Jadeho. <laughs> is that what you just typed in? <laughs> I was just typing stuff in to see if it pop up, but I was trying to see because it's a comparison picture. And it's like an older comparison picture. I'll put it in the link in the description for the video if you guys, if I can find it. But it's like, it's two pictures of him. And I was like, uh, what? Kojima is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the internet sometimes. But yeah, I'll have to find it and put it in there because it's pretty funny. Okay. It's like, uh, maker of Silent Hills, maker of Metal Gear Solid. One is Hideo and one's Kideo or something. It was, it was pretty funny because Hideo Kojima does look certainly different than five years ago. He does like now. I don't know. He still looks the same to me, but Ooh. maybe I'm just not as woke as all these other people that are looking for all these weird tie-throughs. Maybe he was replaced like Avril Lavigne was, you know? Possibly. With, with, her, with her double. So, and Miley knows? Cyrus, too, right? I did not know that theory existed. Uh, getting back on track, uh, Saul, I think it is time to hop over into Reader Mail. Sure thing. So for those that don't know, Reader Mail is our weekly segment of the show in which... We shoot out read them all questions on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday for you guys to or read them all post. We don't give you questions. You give us questions. Yeah, you're right. Read them all post. So uh, Wednesday and Friday, you guys keep a lookout. Ask us questions. We answer three a show and then uh, one from Facebook. And then what we don't answer, we answer all those hidden questions on our uh, weekly or our weekly, our monthly read around episode that comes out the first Friday of every month. Starting off this week, similar to the last four weeks, I think, Richard Rivero says, After watching your questionable skills for the games I picked for you at the tournament, my question is, what competitive games are you guys good at? I am still good at first-person shooters. I don't care like that I lost to Brett. Brett knows I'm good. Like Brett knows I'm a solid first-person shooter player. So here's, here's what you need to really know. Saul is very good at first-person shooter games. Unnaturally. He can play a game that he's never played for the first time, pick it up, be very good. He's just got... I don't. He, he's got like the mindset of 
what are the things you look for as a through line in all first person shooter games that are going to probably help you in all of them? Because they're going to be, even if it's a slightly different form, he kind of picks up on them. Um, now, of course, that's different when you go into first-person shooter games that are not set up in the same damage scale. So, like, something like Destiny, where it's really... It, it's a first-person shooter, but it's not set up with traditional first-person shooter, where a headshot's not always going to be a one-shot kill. Right. Stuff like that. Uh, and some first-person shooters stay away from that anyway. But, basically, Saul looks for a through line. I have gotten better at first-person shooters. I was obviously fine. I could go through the whole campaign. I could play online and do fine. I did it really good with certain ones. Like, I was really good at Resistance 2. I was really good at Killzone 3. Those are my two. Resistance 2 was my really, like, I was my best. Uh, but I was very good at Killzone 3. I would often do matches where I would score at the very top. Um, now, watching Saul and playing games with Saul taught me a lot of things. So every bit of, and don't get me wrong, we were still kind of clumsy and, and fumbling around with what we did with Call of Duty Advanced Warfare as we haven't played in years. Um, but with that being said, anything you saw on there, a lot of that came from me learning from watching Saul. So Saul trained his own defeat. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, what is it? The Jedi. It's like the, the, the apprentice always kills the master. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. I would say that I'm not huge into competitive gaming. It's one of those things where I'd say I'm good at first person shooters, but you've got to give me one that I, for some reason, just really latch onto advanced warfare and timing is different. I was good at advanced warfare. Yeah. Um, Saul was better than me. No, I say we were you're, playing it. Yeah, we were good. We, me, you, and Blaze were all equal pretty good. Skill, yeah. Um, so, I, but I would say like you know, Resistance Two, which was very different uh, in, in a lot of senses to what first-person shooters usually do. I was very good at in competitive scene. I was very good at Killzone Three. So I am good at first-person shooters. I just don't love every single one of them. I would say, uh, I was. I was really good at Rocket League whenever I played for a little bit. I'm just not as competitive a gamer as other people. And, you know, typically when people think about competitive gaming, it tends to go towards the first-person shooter realm, if not the uh, realm of more computer-based, which is like, like turn-based strategy and MOBA. Or RTS, yeah. Yeah, uh, or RTS, that's a good one. So, I mean, eh, I don't know. I don't play enough competitive to feel like I, I have a huge thing in there. But Saul can back me up that I'm okay in first-person yeah, shooters. Yeah, Brent can definitely hold his own in first-person shooters. He's not the kind of guy on your team you want off of your team. He's more help than than, than a majority of other people that uh, randomly join. So, Saul, what would you say? Obviously, first-person shooters, would you say you're good at anything else? Because I think you do play a little more strategy stuff than I do, typically. Um... But I don't know if me... I don't know if either of us play strategy games that are multiplayer. I mean, in a competitive set... Because you played League of Legends for a while, didn't you? Yeah, but never like competitively. More for fun. I mean, realistically, if it's not like a first person or second or second person, third person shooter, um, <laughs> second person. Shooter. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I, once again, I am on Dayquil. Uh, but I think like, I guess it'd have to be. Were you good at Hearthstone? I mean, I didn't play enough of it to like really be considered anything at the game. Well, you're good at like so like you know he's talking about video games, obviously, but you are good, and as we all are, whenever we get really into it, we are known to get really good at like card games. But those are obviously yeah tabletop card games, uh, like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, and stuff like that. We get pretty obsessive about those. So I figured you might have gotten obsessive with that. So no, yeah. I didn't get obsessive with that really. I, I I would have to say that I guess my other than like shooter games, my next. Um, like, big game style would be racing, I guess. Like, Forza but online with I, people. And the thing is, I don't really consider that competitive because I don't, I don't either. ever do online play on those. I just play them for my own fun. Well, I, I used to a lot on Forza 2 on 360. Um, but that was, that's was that been, you know, almost a decade. 
if not a decade. I think it's been actually a decade since Forza 2's come out. Like I remember Probably. I was a junior in high school playing that game. So it's been um quite a long time. But so yeah, I'm just going to I'm guess I'm just going to stick with uh uh with first person shooters because yeah, it came out in 2007, actually. So, uh, so I'm going to loop a question into this, which will technically give us four, but I think it's of the same breadth. So I think well, I'm, I'm uh, going to go ahead and work it the in. The third question I picked was the topic. So this technically could be the... Okay, cool. That'll work. Uh, so this one's from Josh, and this is kind of in the same vein. Um, so Mr. Drago, he says, question, which genres are you really good at between you guys, meaning is Saul better at Dark Souls-like games and Brett, or Brett's better at driving games and Saul? I think I would have said up until our battle that I was... Probably better at racing games than Saul, just because I tend to play. I, I I guess in my mind, I felt like I played more of them. I don't really know if that's completely true. I feel like I've played as much probably between I'll the say, two yeah. of us. Because I mean, it's first of all, racing is not near as predominant as a as a, a game I, genre I kinda as it wish used it to be. Was yeah. Um, there's not near as many series like burnout has pretty much been gone away besides the most recent remaster of, uh, paradise, uh, need for speeds about all that's left. And I'm glad they stopped well, being yearly and they went to, they went to every other year because I feel like it's been making better games other than like horizon yeah. horizon. Uh, like if you play horizon, you can definitely see a, a, a complete contender for a good true race. And game. I intend to, yeah. I, I have the demo. I just haven't played it yet. I intended to, and I've been sick all day. Um, but I do have the demo downloaded. I want to play it, and of course, I'm going to pick it up because I, be, I pay for Games Pass anyway. By the way, up, I like racing games. Blake, I beat your ghost multiple times. Ha! It was really cool though to see, like, be racing his ghost. I was like, Captain Chronic, there he goes. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, that's Blake. And then I, I was like, I did something kind of dickish. Like I went up to him, and like I random, and then I was like, wait a second, I can rewind. I'm like, that's not him. That's a ghost car. So I was like, okay, whatever, rewind. I didn't do that. Okay, it's pretty fun. Weird. Anyway, but, like, um, if, if I was to consider myself good at any like any genre of game, like it's so it's such a like like broad statement to say like action adventure because like that's realistic with the the Soul series are yeah. action adventure RPGs. And I'd say that you're better than them at me because you you get more obsessive with them. Oh yeah. So you get better by nature of playing them over and over again, where you know like the microsecond when you need to do this, the microsecond where where this everything is, most useful, is at, where every enemy's at. I can get there. But I never played the games that much. Like, so I played Dark Souls three once, and I was fine. Loved the game. Didn't need to play it more. I would play it again uh, after a time. Like, you know, if I had a time where I just didn't have anything else and I wanted to, I'd be okay with playing it again. Um, but you are one of those people that played Bloodborne probably ten times through. You played Dark Souls three probably more than ten times through. Eh. Anyway, um, you know, so I, I, it's one of those things. I think that me and Saul are probably really. They're probably even in just about every sense of every genre. Like, I don't think there's one that, like, I guess if you were to say one, like, I would probably be better at shooting and Brett would probably be better at racing because I, like, I'm pretty sure that if we were to race online in Gran Turismo with, like, the normal style settings, I'm pretty sure Brett would have me there. Um, since there was brachia assist and stuff in the tournament, I think that, um, that, that, that gave me a little bit of an edge and, of course, a distraction on Brett in, Brett's in. But, um, yeah, sorry. It's, it was my mom, so I might make sure I went to my grandpa. Oh, okay. Continue, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I would just say, like, pretty much, yeah, like, uh, pretty even across the board for everything. Um, but speaking of Josh, we have another Josh. We have Josh Hoop. Nope. He has a question saying, with the recent announcement of Kingdom Hearts in VR, what are some games that you would like to see get the VR treatment in the future? Honestly, that's a very weird game. Uh, it's a very, it's, a, it's not something I know if I agree with yet. Like, something Me I like, want to see. So, like, for this question, though, he says, what games would we like to see that we get the VR treatment? Honestly, um... So, do you think he means 
because this is interesting wording. Do you think it means like a series or like a game that's already in existence that we wouldn't mind getting a VR update or remade to support VR? I think he what? means like what game would we like to see or a game series that we like to see get our get a VR treatment in some fashion. So like whether so like Kingdom Hearts is getting a the Kingdom Hearts VR experience, but it's right. not really a full Kingdom Hearts game. It's just yeah. So he's so very odd looking. If you haven't seen it. Look at the trailer they gave for it. It almost looks like it's going to be a video gallery at first. It's just in a 3D it's space. It's weird, yeah. And then suddenly it it's shows like, like really weighty, clumsy looking key, it's like a keyblade mu- swinging. It's like a museum mixed with like what Beat Saber kind of like. It looks like a like an amateur version of Beat Saber to me. Like the way the swinging is. It's just, it looks choppy. It looks very, now maybe it's just, but it's coming soon. It's like in December. I actually meant to put that on here. So Kingdom Hearts VR. Yeah. Yeah. I I forgot that in the news, but yeah, we're getting Kingdom Hearts VR, but it's super weird looking. I mean, it's, I mean, honestly, B Saber is like my go-to kind of VR game. It's a rhythm game and it's like a, uh, like a sword fight style game. So like that's kind of taken care of because that's a game I didn't know I wanted for VR. You have racing. So that's a thing too. If honestly I was to say like, what would I like to see get a VR treatment would be a good Star Wars game. Sure. Like a good and one. that seems because you know what Star Wars seems to be like the the testing point for all forms of any kind of immersive or any kind of thing that aims to their their claims always we're gonna make be more immersive so like Star Wars was one of the first things that they used for Connect yeah uh, and they tried they made that little Star Wars game that was not very good no nope. uh, it was a a bad test uh, do you remember was the Wii version of because I didn't play it, and I would have never had, but somebody may know. Was Did the Wii version of um, The Force Unleashed use motion controls? I don't think so. I didn't play it. I, I mean, don't know I, either. I, I, would, I, would, I would think with something like that, I would remember but typically it, having it's, that. Yeah, typically people try and use it, and they go, oh, Star Wars. Because, of course, playing with a, <sighs> playing with a lightsaber with motion controls seems to be like the perfect example. And what's funny is that we got Star Wars with Connect, which is really a worse example. I think that PS Move Star Wars probably would have been better because you actually have a physical thing that it's tracking and you're moving instead of trying to do it with your hands. Right. Uh, I think it would have felt more natural with the, the, the move. But I think Star Wars is a good uh, as an obvious answer. But I would really want... Because here's the thing about VR is you really want it to go above and beyond. I don't even know that I just want to put like a 10-minute thing where I'm just... Swipe. It, it would be fun. But I don't know that I just want 10 minutes of swiping it random, like... Uh, like Droid Blast or whatever. Yeah, or whatever it be. Or, you know, if it's stormtroopers that are that are storming you or something like See, that. See, I think it would be kind of cool to... Uh, and I think one game did this. is like the uh, the bot training mission for uh, Luke Skywalker to New Hope. The little hover bot that would shoot there and, shoot there and fire lasers at him. He'd block it. Yeah. And he had the blindfold on. That would be kind of cool. But I'm pretty sure some game has done that already. And um, it's one of those things that I didn't really care to see again. But I will say that if you could make a game on par with Skyrim, but a Star Wars game, and it'd be, you know, a smaller scale Star Wars game would be pretty cool. I mean, to be honest, I I think that going back and and again, it depends on what you want from the game. I think it would almost need to be like Skyrim, like you're saying, in terms of the gameplay style. I think I would prefer a first person uh, thing, which tends to do really well. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's like, well, that's what I meant by saying Skyrim is like the level of scope and detail that is in Skyrim with the first person perspective. Sure. Because, and I also think it makes sense from a combat perspective. Because like, I was going to say the Force Unleashed, right? Again, but, but the thing about the Force Unleashed is it, it's fun it's too much it's effort. Act, it's active. It's like an action game. Yeah, you don't want to go that crazy. You just kind of want to be able to run around with like a, a, a lightsaber and slice yeah, through it's, stuff. it's like Spider Man. I, I, I don't want a VR Spider Man game in third person. That'd be weird. Like, it'd be much. It's much more satisfying to just do it with a controller, such as with a. Uh, um, oh man, what, was, what game were we just talking about? What Skyrim or no? 
We're talking about, uh, oh, Force Unleashed. It's much more oh, yeah. satisfying. Like, I'd much rather do that with a controller than to swing my arms wildly. But like when you're immersed in a first-person style game that has VR like that, a Star Wars game would be the go thing. Yeah. It would be the go-to game to do, um, in my opinion. Sure. But uh, I guess uh, that was your answer, too, I guess? I, one of them would obviously be Skyrim, but the thing about Skyrim is that it's a mixture. So I wouldn't want it. Skyrim's gotten the VR treatment already, right? And it was fun, and I enjoyed it, and I may go back and play more of it one of these days. I just like having it as an option to play Skyrim in a different way than I've already played it a million other times. Right. Um, but it's held back by the technology a little bit. Uh, so I guess I would like to see a Elder Scrolls game that's given the VR from the ground up treatment, but to be very similar, but to be even better you know, worked into the ideas of how you're going to work the mechanics around uh, VR. But I think the other side of that would be that I would need that to come when we get the very likely PSVR 2 or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, something that can handle it better. It would need to move away from the limitation of the move system and the move controllers. So the LED light tracking is not a huge issue, but we need either another camera and we need something that's got an analog stick so that moving feels more natural than just trying to... They they tried and they succeeded as best as they could yeah. on trying to make Skyrim feel right with movement. And I'm glad that they did it. I did not want to play Skyrim where everywhere. Every time I move, I'm just teleporting. That does not sound fun to me. Absolutely not. Uh, but that was originally the, the goal until they finally were able to work it out to where you can move by holding the button on the right or the right move stick, I think is what it was, and just going forward. If you want to go to the side, you kind of aim. Best case scenario, it makes fighting and moving at the same time a little harder, but it's not impossible. Uh, so give me that idea with a better VR setup. And I think that that makes a very fun VR game because it's something that's immersive. You could go in and out of relatively easily if you needed to, but it's something that you could go into and be like, I also have like a hundred hour media game here. And it doesn't need to be a hundred hours, but if you give me a smaller scope, but with the same idea from the ground up gameplay and you gave me 20 hours of content, that'd be cool because seeing a deep RPG in that system is obviously something that I think every gamer that likes RPGs would want. I, or at least in the idea of like, well, in a perfect world, if it was done ex- perfectly and really right, I would love a deep RPG. Uh, and Skyrim VR is like a, a is like a a really really good first swing at taking the idea. How can VR assist those types of games? And it's very fun. So seeing it go a step further would be definitely where I want to go because the other answer would be horror games, and we've already gotten that. we already got that in Resident Evil. Yeah. So that's that was my go to thing there. But because um, racing yeah. also racing the most obvious. And the, the most obvious and easy to pull off ones have already been done. Right. Like flight simulation, racing, horror are my like and yeah. first person shooters. And those are the three that I think most people would go, well, that's going to be the thing that you feel the most interested in. So I cannot even go with like the mech simulation because it's, that's been done too. Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Uh, with also, and then, of course the arena game. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's a ton of games. I can't remember the name of that. It, it rigs. That's what it was. Um, we've try seen not, it. Try already, not to sneeze. To oh my extent. gosh. Um, but yeah, that that was a good question, and I do agree that Skyrim was a, a pretty good first foray into VR in that sense. Um, but our last question and our topic for the show is from our good friend El Chabib. He says, greetings and salutations. Another question is from IQ Bank. With the next-gen consoles coming close to release, what games do you think would be at launch? What games do you want to be at launch? So this is a community question. Uh, thank you, El Chabib, for, uh, for the question. And uh, we are going to implore that everybody answer this question, whether it is on our Discord, whether it is on our Twitter, whether it is on the comments below. Um, and we want everybody to get involved with this because I think this is a really fun and interesting idea of a topic to kind of discuss. Yeah, and it's a two-part question. It so is. So, so it's it, what we want and what we think will be there. Yeah, so... 
because you know the the obvious answer of what you'd want I think is are the obvious answers of what you want are going to be a bunch of games that would most likely probably not be launch games because of trying to maximize user base with the game so that you get the rate of sale that you're wanting to go to. Yeah. First of all, LGB, thanks, man. I haven't heard from you in a little while. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I know that Discord's not for everybody, and that's normally where we heard from you a little bit. Hope's all, hope all's well. I am glad you, you are. I know you're still you're sending us questions. So always on good. top of the question game. They're good ones. Um, I so, really liked your last one, too. That, that's going to be a fun one in Reader Mail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we honestly could have done that for the main topic, too. That would have been a good question. Sure, but, uh, but whatever. We're, we're, we, we are where we are. So what do you think is going to launch? We'll both go with thanks, and then we'll both go with what we want. Okay. So think. And some of these are probably going to overlap with wants. I think that Killzone is the perfect series to launch a, uh, to launch a series with. It's known for graphical fidelity. Do you think we'll see one, though? Yes, but n- not necessarily. Not from Gorilla. Not necessarily, but particularly because okay. they've grown. Here's the thing. Do you yeah. remember they got a new studio and they grew in size? So if they're doing that, they could keep a studio size that's similar to what they had for Horizon to be able to make a game like Horizon while they also let another studio. And it's exactly what they did with Shadowfall, actually. Shadowfall came about when they were already working on Horizon. Um, but what they did is they used Shadowfall as a test for the engine that they wanted to do for PS4 and a test for going more open considering they've already done they'd always done linear games prior to that and that was taking a shooter game and going more open with it so i think that that's definitely one of the things that i would like to see but also what i think is very possible it's a great series to bring up for something like that you satiate the fans of killzone while also getting a series out there because i would say i would say that the ps5 would be likely to do the same as ps4 did and and sell at least a million units on the first day Gaming's bigger than ever. Uh, we course. saw that across not only the Xbox, which we saw that with Xbox after Xbox had to do a bunch of backstepping. Uh, so for us to have seen a million sales on Xbox after a PR disaster shows that there was obviously a big want for gaming. So the other side of that is that the PS4 sold a million in 24 hours as well. So if you get at least a million people and when they're hungry for launch games, it makes sense to do a, a first-person shooter. Most people are going to like it. They're going to use it as a technical uh, show-off case for what they're doing. And then, of course, they'll be able to make it at least, you know, probably by the end of the, of the life cycle of that game, 1.5 million sales, which would be in line with what we've seen elsewhere and make it worth doing. And it would be it would be a great starting point to launch off instead of doing something where, and I'm going to guess going to somewhat go into the side of things I don't think are going to happen. It makes more sense to do a series like that than something like horizon from the same studio because horizon two at launch, they horizon sold massive numbers. Oh yeah. So you would want to wait into at least probably six months to a year, if not a little bit more into the life life cycle of the system to give us something like that. Um, another, another think, but also want that's potential. And again, I don't know, but we've already seen that basically there's a very highly, there's a very high chance that Uncharted's being passed off to another studio. Yeah. Now that, that doesn't mean I think Uncharted's going to come at launch again. Uncharted's too big of a series. It sells so well that you could come at launch with it. If you really just wanted to have a powerhouse and really push like they did with Vita. Uh, but that was also, they gave it to bend, not naughty dog, but it was still a big pusher for it. So they could, I don't think that that's what they would do. I think they'd wait a little while, maybe do it a year in, if not a little bit, you know, less or more, but I think infamous could come back with a new development. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, infamous is a world that is the way they set it up is a world ripe with ability. Uh, you can go to any city you want. You can either go real like they did with second son, or you could do fictionalized like they did with, uh, the first two games where they based it off of New York and yeah, they based it off of, uh, that's the way to go. New Mariah was based off of uh, new Orleans. Uh, I didn't mind Seattle. 
Seattle was actually kind of cool. Um, and we'll get into again, more of that when we do our other bit with the impressions for Spider-Man. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's ripe because even though they did four power sets, uh, with Second Son as a way to try and push the series that much further, which they had already experimented with it in Infamous 2, where uh, you had uh, your electric powers, obviously, and then you had the ability to add either ice or fire based off the decisions you made. Right. And they kind of went into that. So they already were like, well, we're, we're going to experiment with what happens when you give a conduit more than one ability. Uh, and then they took it to the higher factor um, in Second Son. So I think that you have the ability with any power you want to come up with, you can do that. It'd make a fun game. It'd, again, make a cool showcase for a, an open-world game. Um, I think it would be a good starting point for that. You could do that within... this. So we're talking launch window. Uh, yeah, again. like three, six months after launch. So, yeah, with, I'm going to... I'm going to cut us off at four, four months. Okay. I was going to say three, because that seems to be pretty... Like, the first quarter of well, the Well, given it, given it launches, let's say, March 2019, uh, well, I'll say... Um, yeah, but it doesn't matter. But this is a hot... You know, this is just a... Not hyperbole. I'm... Why can't I think of the word? Uh, anyway, it's just a, it's out there. We're just guessing. This isn't, it's not it's hypothetical. Hypothetical. Thank you. I was hype. like, what are we doing? Hey, look, I'm sick. My brain ain't working. Um, look, I, like, my brain's ain't working too. That's a fancy word. Thank you um, for telling me the word. But anyway, yeah, so it's a hypothetical situation. It doesn't matter the date you give. But let's just say three months. So within the first three months, I could see there potentially being an infamous game. Uh, we, we would have gotten that with second sum. It ended up being a little bit further out uh, due to just a slight delay. Yeah, um, but it was okay. It was intended to be a launch window. So again, I think that would be you could intend to do an infamous game. The only thing I guess I would say about both of those is that it would seem like you were copying the PS4 a little too much. But their entries, like we've not got another infamous this generation, and we've not got another kills on this inf- this generation. So what you would be doing is satiating fans of both those series, utilizing IP that would otherwise remain dormant, and it would still get sales that were good. Yeah, be worth it. Uh, while you let the studios that did all these things kind of move themselves on and either get a new studio to do Gorilla uh, or do, do Kill Zone or let Gorilla's second team use it as a you know small team going to the side to show what improvements they want they might want to do with the Horizon two. Uh, we, you, nobody knows really anything could really go down for that situation. Um, other things though. I think that Knack was a great idea for a launch title in terms of going with a family-friendly. That way you can get the younger people who want to get the Because gaming is obviously... it's A lot of people get into gaming as kids. So having a game that is good for kids means that more kids may want to get their parents to make them buy the console. So from a business perspective, having something like that would be great. Uh, since Insomniac did Spider-Man most recently, I think that they might be able to work with Insomniac to make another Ratchet & Clank as a launch title. That was actually one of mine, yeah. Um, but Ratchet & Clank also sold very well. So it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's hard to say um, exactly where it would come from. Um, it could be that, but I think they might also try and save it. So a launch window, they may wait until three months in when there's potentially maybe three million consoles sold. Potentially. I'm not yeah. for sure. We're just throwing numbers out there. But potentially three million consoles sold. Um, I think that would be a good one. I think that, uh, again, a want and a potential. It's no, really, we're not going into wants yet, silly. Uh, but uh, 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 it's a thought and a potential one. It's okay. hard to go. See, they go into both because a lot of mine are weird series that we don't see a lot of. So you think about launch windows, and like I said, they want to maximize getting a game that's going to show stuff off, but where they don't get unrealistic sales expectations. So the only thing is, is I don't know if the series is going to go anywhere, but I think if they were to do a Sly Cooper reboot or sequel, I think that it would be potential like i really do think it's possible again what's the most obvious way to use ip that otherwise sits there and gets unused 
do it at launch when people are because you know the argument for not using the ip is well it's not necessarily worth us doing later in the generation and we could be making games that are going to sell two million plus copies definitely what we've seen with ps4 this generation most of those exclusives have been very high selling yeah um with a few outliers being the order and knack which both sold over a million copies Actually, yeah both still sold impressive over 1.5 million uh, copies just not the standard the reason sly cooper may not happen is that from every bit of numbers that we can tell, the last Sly Cooper game sold about 250,000 copies, which is not very good. Yeah, no, not too great. Uh, I think Knack 3 will be there. I don't know, man. Knack, I think, Knack, I think 3, Knack might be done because of the fact that they... Knack 2 is a great game. Video, video game donkey's going to keep that alive. The, as long the, as he keeps biggest, joking about it. The biggest problem with Knack is that they had that fiasco where everybody was able to get it for free. Yeah, so the revenue, like, so trying to justify how you're going to pull in the revenue from it gets really hard. I guess so. Uh, uh, but I mean, I actually enjoyed Knack 1. I really liked Knack 2. It's very fun. Is it your game of the year? No, absolutely okay. not. So we got, I think, I'm gonna, I think we're going to see Knack 3. I think we're going to see Ratchet and Clank 2 or, you know, a new Ratchet and Clank game, whether it's 2 or not. Uh, I do think that we're going to get some form of a new gen first person shooter, whether that is from a... It's a new Killzone game that's not at the helms of Gorilla, or maybe even a new Killzone game by Gorilla. Who knows? With that hey. expansion in the past couple months, it's possible. Uh, maybe, but also, again, IP that you rest on and think. It's always good to launch a console with a first-person shooter, because it's a very big genre. It is. Right? Do we repurpose Resistance now? I mean, I, that's that's going to be my wants, but I don't Do think Do we come back to Resistance? Because, it's, again, it's, it's an IP that a lot of people love. It's, it's not what I think we'll see. Yeah, that's I think Killzone is more likely than Resistance. Killzone Kill is way more likely. Uh, in terms to kind of go compare it to yours with the open world thing, I do think that a new Grand Theft Auto game. I don't know. We're kind of staying, trying to stay exclusives, but I do think that that is going to be when a new Grand Theft Auto game comes out. It will be launch window of the new consoles. That it uh, just uh, makes only a sense. year after Red Dead. Oh yeah, dude. They've had a separate team on Red Dead for a while now. Oh no, sure. Like I'm only saying. I don't wrong. I don't know which Rockstar branch made. Um, Five and which Rockstar branch made I don't Red know, Dead Redemption either. Two? Yeah, I'm not gonna be honest. I, I have no idea. Yeah, so but I do think that it's coming soon. Like the gap between four and five is gonna be approaching similar with uh, five and six in terms of Grand Theft Auto. So I do think that like we're due for another one. But with the success of online, it's kind of hard to tell like where teams were, like what teams have been where, how long they've been there, what they have planned for the future. Um, but I could see you being right. Obviously, the argument against it is that you wouldn't want to release a game that's going to be as high profile as Grand Theft Auto early in the generation, but oh, it would well. it would get the same treatment that The Witcher got, where it doesn't matter when it released because it's it's a it's mammoth. such a high profile game, it's such a mammoth that it's going to sell throughout the generation. Like we still see Grand Theft Auto Five sell, and it wasn't even a PS4 game to begin with. No, it was, um, it's, it's, it was a last gen game. Uh, and you know another title that I, that I do think that we will see is uh, Crash Team Racing. Everybody's been wanting it. Everybody's been clamoring about it. I do think that that is a potential launch title. Maybe again, it'd be kind of cool though. It'd be like it'd be like a cool like nostalgia trip in a way. It'd be really cool. I would do. I would love for a console to launch and not to switch because it didn't even it launched with a last. I mean, it launched with a Wii U cart uh, racer. I would love to see a console launch with a cart racer. Yeah, and I mean that uh, like, uh, that's a ball in this day and age. It's really weird. Yeah, cool. but I think the amount of people that want car- it wouldn't Crash Team be Racing. Ex- oh, it wouldn't necessarily be an exclusive. TTR. Either. So. Now that is true. Yeah, I do forget about it. may Activision have a year exclusivity. Money in the pocket. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's pretty much my, my thought, my, what I think is going to be there. Um, I think I've covered pretty much all my bases going off of Any like new the IP. Uh, that's the weird thing. 
That's well, I, I have one, but that's in my wants. Um, okay. So I guess you want to go ahead and go to wants now. I'll let well, you lead off wants real so, quick. So I guess what we'll say off of with 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 what we thought is that thoughts are all within the realm of things that we know exist. It's we like think we'll get new history repeating itself. We're not necessarily talking about new IP because no. there, I do think there will be some new IP. The only thing that's weird is that it's too the hard PS4, to predict. The PS4 was a weird anomaly, so I want to cover that real quick. The PS4 was a time when they thought console gaming was going to die. No, nobody thought hold that. Hold on, though. hold on. Nobody legitimately thought that. That was that, that's all been single players and console things. That's all been. I, I'm with you, but my thing is this that big old there, there was a, there was a big hurrah around whether or not the PS4 and the Xbox One were going to do well, and if they were going to be the last thing. So either way, I do think, and you and you definitely saw it. And there's a lot of stories. So if you listen to uh, Jason Schreier's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, he talks about the fact that EA was unsure of whether the PS4 was going to do well, so they wanted Dragon Age Inquisition to come out on both consoles so that they had their their butts covered. Uh, if it, if the PS4 flopped, they didn't put a game out on something that was going to die, um, right? And so in this day and age, that's that's an, like that's an anomaly. You can't think of that exactly. Anymore. That's why I say it's an anomaly. So that, what I'm saying is that the PS4's launch, it was weird that it only launched with two like party titles. Yeah, I was going to say triple A first party. That was it. I wouldn't even say triple A for the well. But you know, they both were. Knack was triple A. And, and was Killzone it though? Triple A. Yes. You, you consider Knack triple A? Yes. I don't. I consider that launch. A. Yes, absolutely. I, I I personally do. If you look at what it is and the budget it got, absolutely, and, okay. the, and the money. It I, made, yeah, I don't know the absolutely. budget. I don't know the budget in that for it to be to be fair. Um. So anyway, when you think about that, it was very weird because when you look in, if you compare it to what the Vita did, the Vita launched with like seven or eight Drake's Uncharted first party exclusives. Uh, I don't know what was it called. It had a Unit Thirteen. It had Unit Thirteen uh, was pretty fun too. It had a Wipeout game. It had Gravity Rush. It had Gravity Rush, which was launch window, I think. It, is, it was it was supposed to be launched and it didn't. It had Uncharted. It had Golden Abyss. I yeah, was like, I, Abyss. I couldn't think of what the sub name was. Yeah, or so they had that. They, 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 basically, it was a very bolstered first party release, right? Um, which is crazy because of how unsupported it became. Yeah, nine months. Well, they really launch. put all their eggs in that basket to try and launch it, and they just didn't support it enough. So, but basically, my point is when you compare the way that the PS3 launched and the PS Vita launched. The PS3 and the PS4 launched more similarly. The PS Vita launched very big. So we know that Sony can do it very big if they really want to. Uh, the thing that gets weird is that I think that there should be more new IP than just one. But what it gets hard to really think about what's going to happen because a lot of studios are still going to be working on PS4 at that point. If we say 2019 is the release date, right? Ghost of Tsushima will have, will have either not released yet or wrapped, and they just recently released, so they're not going to have... So Sucker Punch is not going to have a game. Uh, the Which, Last of Us 2 would yeah. have just let wrapped, so Naughty Dog won't have a game. Horizon 2 is obviously being worked on, but they would wait. So Gorilla had the potential to have a game uh, with a second studio. Potential, again. So where do you go from there? You start thinking about the studios. Sony called a lot of studios down. They've closed a lot of studios. We don't have Evolution anymore. Drive Club would have been one. Uh, if Poly- if Polyphony had their stuff under control, we could see a new Gran Turismo. Again, I think that's something that would happen later. So I don't know. I'm going to let you lead with wants because my, my brain's a little crazy now thinking about all this. Sure. So I want a new resistance game. I don't think we'll get one, but I do want one. Um, I do think like, in my mind there has been a, 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 a something brewing. Uh, and I think that resistance is, is a very uh, common and acceptable thing to think that it's been in the works for a while now. What I, developer would you, if it, now I know that we don't know every developer, but if you had to think of a developer that Sony have, we already know for a fact that Insomniac's not going to do it. Right. They don't want to anymore. Um, Man, that's... So who takes the mantle? Because last time we got whatever that 
No. N word was. I can't. <laughs> well, that's a very odd way to describe that word. It's not Neantic, because I think Neantic is the company behind Pokemon Go. It is. But in, it's, ingress. it's Neolistic, is what it was. Neolistic. Neolistic. Okay. Because Neantic uh, they, did Ingress and Pokemon Go. They were the ones that did Resistance Burning Skies. Yeah, that's a terrible game. It's, it's not a terrible game. No, it's it's a not terrible a good game. game. No, it's a bad, bad game. Um, it's, it's a game that when you play it at launch, you're like, okay. Like, I, I played it and Yeah, didn't that's hate all it. it was was launch fodder, yeah. which is not what I want this resistance in my mind to be. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be cool, though, to be. I don't know who. I just don't know. Like, can I go off the wall real quick and say Square Enix? <laughs> like. Now, when you say ooh, you what, know. once or what? Because. No, no, I was going to say who, who made. Uh, who, who would make um, resistance? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, God, God. That'd be weird. What about Bethesda? Well, Bethesda's not going to do it. I know, but I'm just saying, like, what if? Like, compare, like, Doom. If they could? Yeah. Doom. If, if, like if ID Soft could? Yeah. Id Soft, yeah. Maybe. It'd be cool. Uh, as crazy as it is. I don't know who I want, uh, to be honest. 4A games or whatever it is, the people behind Metro. I actually think they could pull off a really good Resistance game. I do, but I don't. Um, Resistance 3 and Metro Last Light are very similar in terms of the the scope behind what they were trying to do. Except for that Resistance 3 was like a moving, because you're moving throughout the nation. But the idea behind what you're doing is very similar. Metro 3? You said Metro 3, didn't you? I said Last Light and Resistance 3. Oh, okay. I thought you said Metro 3. I'm like, wait, no, they're similar what games. is that? Yeah. Is, I mean, is technically that, is that Exodus. Technically, I was going to say, is that technically Stalker, though? <laughs> Not really. Completely different series. But, like, I, I really don't know in terms of developer for Resistance. I just, I do know that I think that there's been some, someone has been brewing something. I don't have an answer either, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I want. Like, I'm going to stay with Id. Uh, Id. It's off a good answer, yeah. even though it wouldn't happen. But as a, if it could happen in any world. I think it's a good answer. Who made Prey? I know it's Bethesda, but who like who else? The original developer? No, 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 the new one. Oh, um, Arcane, Arcane right? Yeah, Arcane would be kind of cool too. It's about- weird with them in a first person shooter, but Insomniac at that point hadn't done a first person shooter, and Resistance is really cool. I said Prey is a first person shooter. It's more of, of do you consider Bioshock a first person shooter? Yeah, I mean, I, it is. I guess. I really just consider it a first-person... Well, you hear first-person shooter, you think action, multiplayer, I, versus It's, it's hard to say, yeah. But anyway. Anyway, so yeah, Resistance for sure um, is something that I want. Uh, I a new infamous game, that. like you said, something I want. Uh, I still need to play through all of uh, uh, Last Light and uh, play through play through that. Because Delsum, you know what? I did play like the first four hours, three hours of that game was pretty fun. Delsum's a kind of fine character. Oh, Second Son. You said Last Light. Where did I get that from? Metro. <laughs> I know. I know that, but I'm just saying, why did that come out? Like like I said, folks. Well, there's infamous Quill. First Light, which was the one no, with that's the uh, DLC. Fletch, so. Yeah. Neon Girl. You can borrow Second Son. I have it. Yeah, I might, I might do that when there's a lull in games right now. Because Wasn't it free at some point? It, it was free, but that was one of those uh, months that I just never was. I was too lazy to download it, which is my fault. Yeah. But yeah, so so Resistance, Infamous. I think Crash Team Racing would be fun to see. Uh, it'd be cool to see. I do think that we within launch window, we will get a, a potential port of a, a couple games here and there that if it is not backwards compatible, like Last of Us, maybe Death Stranding. Um what else could it be? Maybe Red Dead as well. Um, remasters. So, continuing the remaster studio. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, like, who... How long was it that Grand Theft Auto Five came out that there was... Uh, it was on PS5. Like, what, a year and a half? PS4. I mean, PS4, yeah. I think like a year. About, about a year. Not, about a year. But... Um, so, yeah, like, other than that, like, I really, really want to see something new from Miyazaki. I just don't know what it would be. I don't... I do... I want a Bloodborne 2. I don't think we'll get a Bloodborne 2. 
So, but do you? So, are you going to put your want in the bag of some other from software slash? Japan I'm, I'm, I'm going to say want effort. is. I'm going to say want is going to be Bloodborne two at launch. But I'm going to say realistic, so, just something for Miyazaki that is in that realm of gameplay. Sure, something in the same realm, and again, f- so from software and Japan Studio partnering up to make yeah. some new. So maybe even like a Demon Souls two. Like that would be really cool. How wild would that be? Demon Souls two. You you pre order. You get Demon Souls one. The thing is, is that I know Sony published Demon Souls one. I don't know who owns the rights to Demon Souls. It has to be um, uh, Japan Studio, right? Well, no, it may just be from software. It may be something that Sony agreed to publish but didn't agree to maintain the rights. Maybe. Um, let's see real quick. We'll we'll, we'll check this out. Why they don't you go ahead? Own the rights to something, but if if. if what they could do is partner with them to still make a Demon Souls two. It's possible. It, now that is possible. If be, they, it, it, it's, it's from it's software. Unlikely. Software. It's unlikely, in my opinion, for sure. Um, what? The, oh, Sony what does is, own the IP. How, wait, what? That's crazy. They do. Apparently, they own the IP. I didn't see where you. See, saw I knew that. that they at least own the rights to publishing the first game, but you know, similar to the, what happened with uh, the Kingdoms of Amalur, it can happen where. Somebody agrees to publish it's a split it, thing, but yeah. they don't. They don't agree to own the rights to it. So I guess that's all my wants. Like I guess like right now we're in such a weird state in gaming that there's so much coming out that I don't know what I'm gonna enjoy compared to what's coming out. And I just I don't know. Like so many studios have closed from Sony, it's hard to say because like what I would have said by this answer if, if Days Gone had never been announced is that Sony Ben was brewing on something for a launch title. Yeah, but not and, now. And I don't think that we'll see a sequel from Days Gone. Um, I mean, not at launch, obviously, because Days Gone doesn't launch until next year anyway. Uh, and you'd need at least two years to work on a sequel, in my mind. So Yeah, I guess that's true. It would, realizing that Days... See, and this is where the whole... It, again, this is all assuming that the PS5 comes out in 2019. Right. There's, but there's been a lot of reports on it and that they wanted it to be 2019, but manufacturer shortages is going to be what potentially pushes it into 2020. So we will see about that. Um. But Okay, so what are your wants? I think that's pretty much covered all of mine. So obviously a lot of my wants were covered in the, the thought section. I would love some form of using the Sly Cooper IP. It's a great IP. I think the gameplay still holds up, and creating it higher in scale is easy to do. Let me rewind just a little bit and just say Jack and Daxter and then pass it all back to you. Okay. Jack and Daxter would be cool. I think Jack and Daxter is another one that they could obviously use, but you have to find the right developer. Of course, because um, Naughty Dog won't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, unless again you give Naughty Dog a second studio to do something, though I think that Naughty Dog's so god tier, and I and don't I'm not saying that for my own thing. People consider Naughty Dog a god tier developer. They're one of these top tier people. With what they're developing now, sure, but going back to Jack and Daxter, no, 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 yeah, definitely not during the Jack and Daxter. They were a notable developer. No, no, I'm saying but, I'm saying taking even who the people they have now and going back to a Jack and Daxter style game, I think is going to have faults. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't think it's going to be like it's not going to be able to compare to Last of Us and or Uncharted uh, compared to what it was. The and mindset's what it could different. Be. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a completely different style of gaming uh, in a serious level in a uh, story level in a gameplay level. Completely different. I don't think it'll be as good as the past releases. So my my one of my answers would for for developer behind Ratchet and Clank would be Sanzaru Games, which is the same people that did the Sly Cooper thing. Yeah. Obviously if Sly Cooper goes forward, I think the only developer that has shown that they understand it is Sanzaru. Yeah. Uh, and I really hope that they get that chance. Uh, and they really they left the ability to go to a five in four and it was such a long gap between three and four 
that it is potential that we would see it happen again with the gap between four and five. But also I could see them just rebooting and repurposing the franchise from the ground up. I don't know. I I like the idea of doing these soft reboots or whatever you want to. Some people get mad at that for God of War, but I mean, I mean, no, that's that kind of like, that's a refreshing way to change up. It's a great way to word it. Yeah, it is. It's a soft reboot because you are rebooting everything besides the lore. You're rebooting the way that the gameplay is. You're, you're not, you're no longer iterating on the same idea. You're going, okay, we're going to keep the lore in the world. But we're going to move it somewhere different, and we're going to change everything about what you've always thought about the game. So the way that you upgrade your health is going to be different. The way that you find things is going to be different. The way that you play the standard combat is going to be different. The camera is going to be different. Doing that is interesting, and it makes you feel it's it's really fun like to have Batman. played every guy. <laughs> it makes you feel like Spider Man. Um, anyway, it's one of those things where. I think that that's a great idea with moving forward IP because you really think about it. Nintendo doesn't normally reboot franchises. They just continue to make unsequential games. Yeah, like what they really do is they, they'll they'll make a successful one, they'll reboot it while they're working on the new one, they'll put the reboot out, and then they'll put the new one out. But and like, it's a cycle. Sure, to an extent. But you think about Zelda. Zelda's not getting rebooted. Zelda's just getting random entries where they can just change what they want to because they're not consecutive well, anyway. on the other hand, yeah, Mario that is constantly getting rebooted. But it's not... Would you consider that a reboot as much as you consider it just a new entry where they're trying to... No, I'm talking about all the porting that happens with Mario. Like Mario Kart getting ported, the new Super Mario Brothers getting ported, Mario Maker being ported, all these other things that get ported. But then there's Mario Odyssey that comes out and outshines every one of those games, maybe even combined. Yeah, Uh, but it's, it's still an iteration on the 3D gameplay. So it's not a reboot in the sense of, like, do... I would not consider Odyssey really... a soft reboot of any kind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would it's... like because it's comparable to Mario Galaxy and Super Mario 64. Yeah, similar to how I wouldn't consider. I mean, I would definitely consider God of War a soft reboot because you're comparing what the series was to what it is to, now. to what it is now. And in games like God of War, traditionally the you know the the five games that came before God of War 2018 were all th- pretty the same game. It's They're very, iterations upon the same idea. Right. And it's, yeah, that's what I mean. Not to yeah. say it negative, like they, they're all the same. No, but yeah. they're all like, they all have the same flow. They all have similar style gameplay. They all have similar style, you know, Kratos was pretty much the same kind of character in all those games. Um, unlike, weirdly enough, Killzone that had an RTS style isotropic game called Liberation. Dude, Liberation Which was, was good. Yeah. Like, honestly, if they, is that a PSP classic and get on Vita? Because if I, it is, dude, I, I may buy it. it dude, it's good. Yeah. But see, like, and that's weird where Killzone could have a soft reboot where it's a third person action adventure game where you are, you know, you, you know, you're exploring this world and maybe even going to uh, what's Hellgas's planet called? I know it's very similar to the name Hellgas. Helgen. Helgen. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like imagine that like as a soft reboot. That would be cool. Well, two, OK, so two and three take place on Helgen. Right. I didn't know if you knew that because I don't yeah. know which other games you played. I played one and two okay. entirely. I've not played three, which was a PS3. You played one? I played, that's the first one I played. You can um, thank Michael Dowdy for that. On, on PS2? PS2? Wow. You can thank Michael Dowdy for not that. Not as good of a game. Uh, it was a rough starting back then, point. Back, back then, that was a good game for me. Oh, it was very beautiful on PS2. You know no, I'm just saying, like, playing that game back then, I don't have any. I don't have anything to say about it now. Yeah. Maybe because I haven't played I played it once. Yeah. Uh, similar to two. Uh, but man, Mercenaries was the best one in the series. Mercenaries Anyways, is super good. Um, but see, so that, you basically touched on something that I hadn't thought about. But now, I, now that it's in my head, I've thought about it in the past. It's just not. It didn't come up now. I like the idea of exactly what you said. Killzone Liberation is taking a franchise that's known for one thing and just going, well, how can we make this franchise work in a completely different way? Yeah, and Gears of War is to, to kind of give a Microsoft example is doing it now with that weird Gears of War pop game. Right. Oh, the, it's like a real time strategy. Funko yeah, it's pop like game a, it's like something. it's a borderline RTS Funko Pop game. Uh, 
Sure. But for me, like, it just depends on the... You saw de- the Halo Wars. Halo Wars, yeah. And it depends on the developer. It depends on the game series they're doing it to. It depends on how they're doing it. You know, if it's an isotropic, uh, like Metal Gear Acid. Dude, so many people look past those games, and those games are fantastic. Because it's funny, a card game. And What's funny about those is it's exactly the same thing. You, you talked about Halo Wars and the Gears of War thing. Well, unless, and I think the Coalition is making the Gears of War one, so it's more in line with what we talked about with Killzone Liberation. But Liberation was Guerrilla. It was the same studio working on the... So I like the idea... They just took a change of pace. I like the idea of letting the studio who makes a game be able to do a small small side studio or whatever, or a small group of people that are making a different idea. I guess what I'm saying is like repurposing a franchise in a different way. So like another perfect example of that that I don't know that you would have known is MotorStorm RC, which was it came out on Vita yeah. and it was taking the MotorStorm thing and it made a little RC cars and like it changed it to a top down camera. It was really different and weird, but I like the idea of <laughs> I like the idea of taking a franchise that's known for one thing and keeping it within the same basic idea. Like Liberation was still a shooter game, but it was top down third person. And it was almost like it was real time, but it was almost like strategy based in a weird it way. It was, yeah. And it's, I can't even think, like. Use that. That's what I mean. Take these ideas. XCOM. And, and, yeah, but not turn based. Because XCOM is still turn based. Like, you freely move, but then you, you do action. Yeah, based I forgot on about that. That's weird. Uh, but it, it was very similar to XCOM otherwise. So I like the idea because I guess really what I'd say is Nintendo is the king of that, right? Well, we have a, well, we have a Zelda game, all right? We're going to take the idea of Zelda and we're going to put it in a whole different context. Uh, and they've done that a lot. They've done Mario where they're like, okay, we're going to take Mario. We're going to put him a whole different name. We made Mario RPG. Technically Square made Mario RPG, but it was like, take Mario characters that you know and just put them in a different situation. And dude, the Mario RPG games are really good. So that's, that's one of those things where, and it's crazy to take to think that idea, but it makes sense and it, it makes your IP a little more like unique. broadly utilized, uh, utilized and unique. But then again, I think Nintendo's IPs work a little bit better for that than Sony's because it's really hard to take a game that's obviously been gritty and put, like, where do you go with Resistance? I do think that you can make a Days Gone-style Resistance game. Oh, dude, you can make an RTS-style Resistance game. Sure, sure. Um, that, that's, a, that's a, I mean, yeah, you could do that with any shooter game. You can, I think you can make any, I think you can make RTS Killzone, you can make RTS, I mean, Sony doesn't have a, a wealth of first-person shooter games, but... An RTS Doom. I'm surprised that doesn't exist. I am too. No, I th- said that out loud. Like that'd be a cool RTS game. But anyway, you know, when you think about it, utilizing IP in more interesting, and unique ways is a way to bring them around. But expectations have to be different, and I think that's a way to do that, right? Even if it's like making a, like you say, let's just say that Resistance makes an RTS, and that they use that as a way to bring the Resistance back and just go different with it and see how the see how much hype it gets just from being resistance that way they see if it's worthy of making a normal normal entry in the game right because um, like Killzone Liberation obviously didn't keep them from making Killzone 2 and 3 Liberation came between 1 and 2 yeah no well is it between I thought it was between 2 and 3 nope 1 and 2 it came out on PS2 wow that's a long stretch between 1 and 2 yes very long like what is that 8 years at that point 1 was 2005 and 2 was like 2010 so 5 years I, I don't know why I kept thinking Killzone 1 way older than 2005 I think Actually. Are you sure Killzone 1 came out in 2005? Yeah. Okay. 2004, I, maybe. I was, thinking, I was thinking 2003 or four, like at the launch of PS2, not too long after. No, it came out really close to the end of the PS2. You of said course. the end of 2004. PS2. Okay. November, though. So very That's late. That's crazy, man. 
But why, why don't you guys let us know? Like, like I said, you can reach out to us on Discord, on Twitter, and the YouTube comments. What do you want to be a launch game, and what do you think will be a launch game? And now this little subtopic we kind of went on a, on a like a tangent about. Like, what do you think of soft reboots in a sense? And like, what game series do you think did it well, and what game series do you think it did it bad? And what games do you want? Yeah. So, like, what weird genre spin do you want to be put on some PlayStation franchise? Because I think that there's ones that definitely can exist, uh, but I think what's more cool is when you think people who who understand games and making games, and they, they just go, what if we do this and we just slap this on it? And how is that going to affect it? What can that really do? I think that there's a lot of cool stuff that Sony could do with a lot of their existing franchises. Definitely the more kid-friendly ones. Doing something with Fly, Ratchet, um, what was the other... A knack first-person shooter. <laughs> you shoot the relics? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, dude! Imagine like they're like shooting your like what do they call your body parts? Are those the relics? Relics. Okay, imagine shooting those until you run out, and then your your little nag. You have to go collect them all to reload to be back big, 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 big. See, uh, there's something. I can't even speak. There... Be big knack, and then then when you're big knack, and you're going over here, and you're you know you're shooting your gun and stuff, you have to drop it because you, after you get to a certain height, you can't hold it anymore because it's too heavy. So you have to drop it. And you have to collect all your relics and go pick them back up. Sometimes your gun, you know, your big, your 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 Mister Knack, and you have to throw it over. So then, Baby Knack has to okay. crawl under. I've got a weird idea for Knack. Not that it really matters because you could do this a million other ways. But it's it's a cool spin on the Knack, right? Sometimes it's using other things you've seen. So then, you know, Nintendo's got that game that's coming out. I can't remember the exact name of it. But basically, the idea is that you're playing multiplayer, and as you shoot somebody, the body part that you shoot becomes smaller on them and bigger on you. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but that does sound cool. Right? So, Knack is a perfect example of that. You shoot your relics to somebody, right? Or you steal the other relics. And as your... you kill people, you, you absorb their relics, but you get bigger, so it's easier for people to find you. I'm trying to think of just off-the-wall things at this point. And the more you shoot, the more you get smaller, and the smaller you get, the less health you have. It's like a weird balance. Yeah, I've gotten to that point like where I'm like, on day cool, and I'm like tired like Minecraft RTS. The, <laughs> the one thing that I actually didn't talk about that I'm trying to figure out, and I, I did think about it, but I was trying to let you talk, SOCOM has got to be somewhere. In no, this. I, I really think as much as I want SOCOM to come back, I don't think it's going to stand a chance, and I think people see that. So Dude, I think, I think it, it does. Back. I and I I still stand I still stand by the fact I want that it I to. think SOCOM is the perfect franchise that Sony has to give the battle royale treatment. I mean, I, but I, that's also that's it, also this. Not only is it such an oversaturated market at this point, but it's also such a competitive cutthroat market that. It, if it doesn't even do if it doesn't do automatically amazing it's gonna 100% fail you are right in that so, sense but I also feel that way with, with Call of Duty and Battlefield doing it but they're still they're still falling back on other game modes it's not just Blackout that's true and that's that's what Which SOCOM, SOCOM could, could do, do that too yeah. yeah SOCOM could do that I, I want mean. them to do something like that because that would be cool as a Battle Royale game maybe not but as, a, as like honestly dude like I just want that tactical like third person to first person depending on how you can play it first-person shooter that is or third-person shooter that is multiplayer and like it sounds like we got that with the vr game and i can't think of what that's called off the top of my head um the new one that came out the uh Fire, firewall zero firewall zero yeah because um, yeah. that's something like that's honestly why i like battle royale games so much is that when it comes down to a multiplayer level it is you like saying okay i got all this stuff what do you have okay you have all this stuff let's go this way you go that way it's it's more about cooperating that you get that cool feeling of like cooperation uh, and and the adrenaline and rushing, like when you're like, oh, somebody's coming up here, and you got all got to work together in a quick moment, um, which probably explains why I can't play Fortnite a lot by myself. Because um, you don't it gets have boring. that. Boring, yeah. It just restarting by yourself constantly gets boring. Um, but yeah, why don't you guys let us know all this stuff in the description and uh, keep an eye out for our Spider-Man impressions. We'll be doing that. It'll be coming out either. 
We don't. You, you just want to say 5 p.m. Central Time after the podcast? Sure, that's what sure. we'll say. That's what we'll say. Hopefully it's there. All right, thank you guys. It's been Triangle Squared. Thank you guys. Thanks to our patrons for supporting us. Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Noonie Bird, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us, uh, the links are in the description. Thank you.